You're listening to episode 10 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. She's got, She's skills. got skills. My name's Terry Fisher, and here's the deal. Voice technology is changing so fast, and I'm trying my best to keep up with it. I'm here to learn everything I can about Alexa, so you and I can figure her out, and so we can make our lives more organized, relaxed, stress-free, and even have some fun. Let's learn some skills. Well, here we are. We have reached double digits in the Alexa in Canada podcast, and today we have a very, very special guest. Uh, This person is actually the first guest that we are having on the podcast who is from Canada, and we have none other than the editorial director of IT World Canada, Brian Jackson, on the podcast today. Uh, he knows all about IT trends in Canada, and one of the reasons I wanted him to be here in particular was because of some predictions that he uh, has been making about the trends of voice technology in Canada, and we will get into that in the podcast. But without further ado, I want to welcome Brian Jackson onto the podcast. Wonderful. So uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, We have Brian Jackson on the podcast, as I mentioned, the editorial director for IT World Canada. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you on here. You are, in fact, the very first Canadian guest that we have on the podcast. So I'm honored. That's great. I I love to be the first Canadian. That's wonderful. There you go. So wonderful. Thank you very much for being here. Um, Maybe we can start off just by uh, sharing with the audience a little bit about uh, your background, what you do, and how did you get interested in technology and specifically voice and Alexa? Sure. Well, um, I mean, back uh, when the world began. No, okay. <laughs> so I, I studied journalism at Carleton University and um, pretty much right out of school, I got an internship at the Discovery Channel. You know, I, I studied science journalism uh-huh. and um, then uh, I spent a year doing different contracts with their interactive team. Um, so after that, I, I did some freelance work, and um, in 2008, I got hired as a staff writer at IT World Canada, and, and here I am 10 years, 10 years later, I'm the editorial director, so now I'm running the team, and um, you know, this past year, in, in 2017, really, um, I moved, so I, I bought like a condo in Toronto, uh-huh. and then I had this opportunity, it was, it was April, right, and um, I, I thought there was a particular problem I wanted to solve where I just wanted music that would play in sync throughout my apartment, right, so I was thinking sure. of Sonos, but then I realized I could order smart speakers from the U.S., like even though they weren't available in Canada, I could get Google Home or Alexa from uh a site called B and H Photo, and um, uh-huh. of course, now that I'm a technology journalist, um, it was perfect opportunity for me to learn about the platform, figure out how people were interacting with this technology, and, and just start thinking about it as, as what you know what impact it would have on the future. Uh-huh. So I ordered two uh, Google Home units, and I put one in my kitchen and one in my bedroom, and and very quickly. I, I had a light go off. Like it was this sort of epiphany moment for me where I just felt like I was seeing the future. And I very quickly realized that um, not only a geek like me would use this technology, but uh, regular, normal, everyday people would use this technology because it totally transformed my behavior. I was using it to 
uh, turn off my lights, you know, and <laughs> the light switch worked pretty good until um, Google Home came along. And then suddenly my I realized my voice was a much better way to do things. Right. And um, I also realized the opportunity for IT World Canada in looking at these smart speakers as a new media channel with um, basically what it's a new podcast delivery channel, right, with these daily briefings on Google Home and flash briefings on Alexa. Right. And and I wanted uh, us to be there in that space. So I, I organized my team and we marshaled out. <laughs> we, we weren't even producing audio content at the time, but oh, we wow. figured it out. We, we got organized and now we're doing um, a daily podcast specifically designed for these daily briefing formats. Right. And so one of those is hashtag trending. Um, exactly. Yeah, and- that's the one. And um, I have I've actually been listening to that the last little while since I got my Alexa. And have you reviewed us yet? Uh, oh, there we go. That's a good plug. I'll have to go and do that. I have not done the review yet, but I will. Yeah, always look for the reviews for sure. How it's, do you like it though? It's great, and and that's actually one of the ways that I first found you um, was listening to the hashtag trending uh, flash briefing on Alexa. And then I was reading some of the accompanying, um, I guess, show notes or flash briefing notes that you had on your website. And yeah. I came across uh, the one in particular where you were talking about some predictions that you have for, uh, for Alexa and for voice uh, in, yeah. in Canada. And I was very intrigued by that. Um, and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about sort of those predictions that you have going forward. And uh, it's just fascinating at the, the times that we're living in right now. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, there were three predictions that I had uh, in that podcast that I shared. And uh, the first one was that I think uh, smart speaker adoption, like adoption of uh, Amazon Echo and Google Home units uh, in particular, will be um, the fastest technology adoption that we've seen since the smartphone. And I think it'll actually be much quicker adoption than the smartphone because these services are free to access. You don't need to add a monthly subscription to your to your bundle, and uh, the, the hardware is cheap. I mean, they're they're basically giving it away, right? At this right. point, where you can pick up a unit for less than fifty dollars very easily. So, and plus, these these assistants are already being delivered to many people's smartphones, so mm-hmm. it's accessible. People are getting familiar with it. Uh, it's more in the media. It's more in the mainstream conversation. So uh, I just see smart speaker adoption going up like a hockey stick, right? Like very fast adoption. And, um, you know, to put a number to it, um, I talked to IDC Canada and their estimate was that it would be one million households in Canada would have one of these units in their um, in their home by the end of 2018. Wow. No, that that's a lot of households in Canada, right? Like there's there's 33 million people here, but um, when you look at the number of households, it's about uh, 10 million households. So, um, wow. you know, that's like a third of the population living with it by the end of the year. So that's pretty fast adoption, and I, and I honestly think that's a pretty conservative estimate. Mm-hmm. Like I I wouldn't be surprised if after Christmas we're pretty close to that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and then my second prediction there uh, was about how embedded this technology is going to be, right? So uh, not only will we be able to access Alexa and Google Home through our smart speakers, but it's going to be in all sorts of different hardware. And I definitely saw this at uh, CES. I just came back from Las Vegas. And um, you can see that 
just about anyone that makes headphones, cars, uh, you name it, any any technology that can be connected to the internet yep. is going to be like connected to a smart speaker. And uh, just like we saw, you, you know, right after the ability to connect to wireless technology like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, mm -hmm. we'll see smart speakers being or smart services, smart assistant services being the next most common service that's embedded in devices like that. Wow. Yeah, and then my uh, sorry, my third prediction. Yeah. Just I'll, I'll get that one out there too. I guess yeah. um, was that brands uh, will not do a great job at designing uh, actions or skills for these services. So uh, th there's different parlance for it. You can basically think of it like apps for the smart speakers, right? right. Uh, Amazon refers to them as skills. So uh, you see this now, like with the launch of Alexa in Canada, like banks, airlines, all sorts of companies making these um, third-party services that will integrate with them. But I just don't think those will be well adopted because the uh, abstraction to get to it or the, the, the steps to get to it is a little bit more uh, separated from the natural interface. And you sort of have to ask for these different apps. And, and that's hard to do if you don't have like a screen in front of you that's reminding you you have the Air Canada app, for example, right. it, you might really think about asking for it on your Alexa unit that, that often. So I, I just think that these brands are going to have a hard time getting engagement on um, smart speakers to begin with. That's interesting. And I, I've, I've had some of the same thoughts. You're right. Because, um, you know, I've put some skills on, on or I've enabled some skills on my Alexa device already. And unless I'm using them actively for that day or the next day, by the next, even just the next week or so, I've forgotten what I've put on, what I've enabled on my device. And I have to actually go through my, yeah. you know, through my screen on my phone to see what I would actually have there still. So that's an interesting perspective. Um, so what do you think will be adopted quickly by, by the average consumer? How are they going to be using these devices? I think the most common use cases are going to be uh, setting timers, you know, in the kitchen. I, I, they're, incredibly useful in the kitchen is what I've discovered because, um, you know, and when I'm looking in the fridge and I need, realize I'm out of something, I can just shout across the room to um, add something to my shopping list. Mm -hmm. uh, so shopping lists, timers, when you're trying to cook dinner, you know, you've got the oven mitts on, you've, you're, your hands are covered in food or whatever, you know, and you can just set a timer to, to track your cooking. Mm -hmm. And also the, the recipes integration, uh, particularly on, on Google Home, is really good. You, you can ask for recipes, uh, I feel like now, just a couple of, call out a couple ingredients you're working mm -hmm. with, and it'll pull up something and read out directions step by step. And uh, that's really easy to go through. You can go uh, forward and and hear the next step, or you can go back and hear the last direction. Uh, so I, I've done that quite a bit, and I think that'll be popular. But of course, uh, the most common use cases will also include music, mm -hmm. uh, podcast listening, right. and, and um, just like uh, listening to the the news briefings. I, I think that pretty much rounds out. Um, you know, the most common use case scenarios. And then there will be the people that integrate it with their homes on the next level, right? And, and get smart home lighting or uh, locks or security cameras, uh, different devices around their home that they're also controlling with their smart speaker because it's definitely the easiest way to do that. And in fact, I think that now that smart speakers are adopted, it's opening up uh, the market for smart home technology because 
honestly, it's not easier to open an app to turn it on and off your lights, but it is easier to just ask for your lights to be turned on and off. Right, right. And what you've described there is basically me. So from the beginning there, in terms of how do I use how do I use my Alexa devices, timers, um, alarms, uh, my kids have fun just telling Alexa, you know, wake me up at seven in the morning for hockey kind of thing. And it was it was I was quite I was quite surprised actually that Alexa understood that means make an alarm, have the alarm set for the morning, and so on. Um, and then using it for music. Um, haven't quite got to the home automation system yet, but I'm I'm looking at that. Um, so yeah, no, that's great. And you mentioned the recipes. I know that's not really uh, enabled yet in Canada with Alexa, although it is in the states. And Canada always seems to be a little bit slow in terms of um, getting the features released right. up here. And I know that's been a, a little bit of a People have been frustrated with that. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate. I think that the listeners of your podcast would probably be early adopters of Alexa, and they would have been using uh, their units in U.S. English and have their apps set to U.S. English so they could uh, interact with it. And they'd probably be using those features already in Canada. Yeah, and in fact, that's that's uh, what some of the sort of more power users and more experienced users are, are suggesting to people in our um, – Alexa in Canada Facebook community where we have uh, some people you know asking questions for support and people have been quite generous with uh, giving their giving their tips. So you also mentioned that you were recently at CES in Las Vegas. Um, I, I just came back like on Friday. Yeah, perfect. So. This is this is hot off the press then. All right. So exactly. What were the uh, what were the takeaways there? What did you notice in terms of voice technology and, and Alexa? Yeah, well, definitely uh, there's a sense between Amazon and Google that the competition is on for uh, reach into the consumer market. And, uh, you know, they're competing to be integrated with as many different devices as possible. And, of course, uh, you know, with Amazon offers its uh, Alexa voice service now in the cloud and Google also has its uh, Google Assistant API integration. So. Um, Google Assistant in particular, I'd say, uh, did a very good job at uh, making its presence known at CES. Uh, For example, (laughs) the monorail that I was riding to the convention center and my hotel every day was uh, Google Assistant ad wrap. So the entire Las Vegas monorail was just all wrapped in Google Assistant and they were playing ads on that, that were very much in theme with CES. So he'd be writing it and the ad would be saying, you know, when's my meeting at the Las Vegas Convention Center? And then Google Assistant responds, 15 minutes. And the, then, oh, wow. uh, the, you know, they, they had it really well planned out. But then also, also on the show floor, you'd be walking around and uh, Google Assistant reps would be um, in different booths, so they'd all be wearing these white shirts with the assistant logo, and there you could tell uh, they they were part of this team. But they would explain how Google Assistant was working with all the different devices that it was integrated with. So uh, they were very much on the ground there, you know, uh-huh. working with their partners to get the message out about this feature and help people understand it. But of course, Alexa, uh, no shortage of devices. With Alexa integrated, I mean, I saw headphones with Alexa integrated. Uh-huh. I saw cars. I saw um, you basically like there's three categories of stuff, right? There's the smart home mm-hmm. gadgets, like anything that you could connect, any hardware you could connect uh, the internet to in your home would have Alexa. And then there's cars, and then there's headphones or like personal wearable devices that you can walk around with. Uh-huh. Um, you know what? I, I forget what 
automaker it was. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to say the brand, but there was an automaker there that had an Alexa onboard system, uh-huh. and um, that's the first time that I'd seen an implementation of Alexa without requiring that you connect to the internet. So I thought um. that was interesting, and and I'd be interested to dive a little bit more into that. I didn't I didn't get a full demo or anything, but I wonder what features it could bring while you're driving your car around and not connected to the internet. Wow. I was also following along some of the, uh, you know, some of the Twitter, um, some of the happenings on Twitter and so on, various social media uh, outlets. And I saw like Alexa's in microwaves. I don't know if you saw that product or um, different, all different types of things. So um, it it actually, it kind of makes me wonder what's going to happen when someone has, you know, 10 different Alexa enabled devices that are all within, you know, a couple of feet of each other in your kitchen. What's going to happen when somebody gives a command to one of these devices? But um... yeah, I, I wonder the same thing. I mean, they say that it all works on the back end. And, um, you know, uh, once the cloud service realizes it's getting two different inputs, it'll just filter out uh, one of them. So uh-huh. I, I wonder if that'll work as cleanly in execution as it does in theory. But um you're right because uh, you're seeing light switches like I know Ecobee, you know, a Toronto-based company here, uh, working on an Alexa light switch, uh-huh. right? And generally electric, yeah. also uh, or GE, right? Yeah. Selling um, uh, like more like c- center lights or ceiling lights that would have um, Alexa integrated into that. Um, you know, getting to the point where you could be anywhere in your home. And, and not just a couple rooms and, and talking to your Alexa unit. So um, you, you wonder if that, <laughs> you know, when, when you have a situation where it's being picked up by so many multiple speakers or units, uh, how that gets figured out. Yeah, I guess that'll be one of the challenge going, challenges going forward. Yeah, like you said, I've seen it in, the, in some of the uh, um, smoke detectors, uh, Ecobee. The, now I was just, just looking the other day, they even got one. Alexa-enabled um, thermostat, where Alexa is actually in the thermostat now. It's not just being controlled by Alexa. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's the Eco before. Oh, okay, that's great. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's it's quite fascinating. Just before we started recording, we were chatting a little bit about um, kind of why voice works so well for people now, as opposed to you know keyboard interfaces and mm-hmm. um, and touch phone inter- in, touch screen interfaces. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about kind of your thoughts on that and why is voice being uh, accepted so readily? Yeah. Well, you know, when the iPad came out, a lot of people, um, if you remember back to about 2009, when the, when the iPad came out, a lot of people were very skeptical and and I'm getting to the voice part. So stick with me. (laughs) But, um, so people were skeptical about the iPad being successful because they said, oh, it's just like a bigger uh, smartphone or we don't really need that. And like it's this weird space between laptops and smartphones. That, and, and people have tried tablets before. But, um, I mean, you got to give it to Apple. They, they seem to be able to invent categories. And they did that with the iPad. And the reason I think it was successful is because the touch integration is so good. And it's about the size of a magazine, right? So mm-hmm. – I think you picked it up, and, and this is why publishers were at first enthused about it, although that didn't really pan out <laughs> as we'd hoped. Right. Um, 
But the idea that you could directly interact with the content and touch the screen and it would be much more natural in terms of um, closer to how you would work with a newspaper, for example. And everybody knows how to read a newspaper. Right. But, um, you know, there, it, you're removing the layers of abstraction because you're not using tools to interact with your information anymore. You're just using your own body to uh, touch the screen directly and play with the digital content. And voice is really the next evolution in that. Now the screen melts away and you don't even have to like see symbols or representations of this digital content. You're just thinking about it and you're talking and you uh, conjure it up with your voice, just like you would talk to another person, right? And nothing is more natural to a, to a human being than uh, being able to uh, say something uh, with their own language and um, get a response that they, or hear what they're um, expecting to hear in return. So I, I think that's what is the key here, right, is having that uh, easy and natural interface to um, navigate information and uh, control the content that you want to, to receive from these digital channels. Yeah, uh, and I totally agree with that. And that I've I've sort of referenced that on a previous podcast episode. That exactly what you said: the way that we speak, the way that we communicate with human beings is through voice. I can I can only think like how 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 does one even make communication or interaction with a device more natural than voice? Unless you're getting into sort of you're thinking about it, and the the machine knows what you're doing before you even say it. When that I guess they were getting into sort of virtual reality yep. and brainwave reading. Brainwave right? reading, yeah about that you know, like elon musk was talking about uh, integrating human brain waves into computer systems and a tapping that into ai so yeah. i mean that's just about the only way you could beat it really that's right and so the challenge now for all these manufacturers is really to develop this technology so that it becomes more and more natural and i guess this is where the ai and the learning from the machine comes in yeah and i think that uh, as these things roll out into the marketplace and collect tons of user interactions, um, that that will only improve, right? And, you know, the amazing thing about these services is that they're getting upgraded all the time. Like, you know, we we hear always hear in the technology industry about companies like Google and Amazon working in the iterative model, right? Because these aren't software programs where you have to download a patch and, like, install it. They can implement tiny changes overnight whenever they want on a daily basis or an hourly basis if if they wish to. And they just have to push it out one time to this cloud service, and that's the same service that everybody is accessing. So yeah, yeah. you always have the most recent version of Google Assistant available to you because it's on the internet. It's not it's not installed locally on the device. And um, just, just on this uh, tangent of more natural interfaces – um, another thing I saw at CES was a demonstration from a company called Nuance. Mm -hmm. Now, not not many people uh, would be familiar with Nuance because it doesn't make like a consumer-facing digital assistant. But uh, some people might remember uh, Dragon, naturally speaking, which is a voice-to-text dictation app uh, and system that was available and, in fact, has been available for years. So yes. Nuance as excellent um, voice-to-text recognition experience, as well as the artificial intelligence aspect of it that they've developed as well to understand the intent of uh, what the words mean, uh, just like Alexa and, and Google Assistant can do. 
And what they're doing is they're, they're not interested really in, in making a competing consumer app. They're, they're working with companies like, say, automakers that mm -hmm. want to have their own virtual assistant and integrate with other services as well. So uh, what this could accomplish is it could act as sort of an arbiter between the voice assistants. Um, so you could be driving and you could ask, um, hey, what's that restaurant? What's the rating on that restaurant over there, that, uh, that sushi restaurant I just passed? And this software can say, okay, well, who would know that best? What uh, digital assistant would Alexa know that? Would Google know that? Would Siri know? Would Cortana know? And uh. it decide from that, that point uh, where to pass the request to and then just tell it back to you, right? So you don't have to, you know, people aren't going to have to decide, oh, which digital assistant is better at answering this question? They, they will be in more situations where they're going to have access to all of them without even thinking about the interface and, and uh, making the right re request. They'll just speak more naturally and have that conversation and have like all these different AI assistants able to respond. That's interesting. That's fascinating. So it just becomes, well, it becomes smarter and it becomes a better experience for the user. Ultimately, it's uh, the, the, the artificial intelligence and the learning aspect of this is, is fascinating to me. And I, and I realize that, you know, with, with thousands of users of these voice assistants and, and, and thinking about Alexa in particular, but also the other ones, when you have different people giving inputs to these different devices, millions of them eventually across the, across the countries, it's all being fed into their one central uh, I don't want to call it server because I'm sure they have more than one, but basically one central place where the software is being run and it's learning from all the different inputs and it's getting better and better. And I know that just as a, a, as a very brief example, my, my kids wanted to have Alexa play a particular song. So they asked for the song by the title and they got the wrong song. Mm -hmm. The next time they asked Alexa, they asked for the song with the title and the artist and it gave the right song. Mm -hmm. The next time when they asked for the song just by the title, it had learned that they wanted that one and gave the right song. Right. So because you wanted this song from this artist previously, you must want the same song again. Right? Yeah. And that's a very simple example. But I, I, it's fascinating that, that this technology has the ability to sort of learn what you want. And when you put that on a bigger scale, obviously, the uh, the opportunities are tremendous here. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that – that makes you wonder what else they could learn about us and how well they could predict our preferences for certain things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. It's been absolutely great having you on the podcast. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell the audience from Alexa in Canada in terms of other things that you've discovered or are looking at in the future or trends or anything else that you could share with us? What I would say is that uh, your guests, if they're interested in more information on voice assistance and what it means uh, for the business uh, area that they're in, they can come to itworldcanada.com and read all about it. I mean, I've interviewed, um, you know, some of the agencies that are really involved in uh, working with businesses to make excellent voice services. And they've told me all about um, how to approach this and how to connect with your customers um, and, and make that interesting brand experience um, on the voice first platforms. And also, uh, if you have an Alexa unit or a Google Home unit, uh, please add hashtag trending to your flash briefing or your daily briefing and check it out. It's all the top trending technology news in about three minutes or less. So we look at Twitter, 
Google Trends, Facebook, LinkedIn, Reddit, and we just take the best technology news that's the most popular at the moment, and we, and we tell you three stories that you need to know. So, you know, you'll be ready to have that conversation at the water cooler or when everybody's talking about what Elon Musk is up to. You'll know you'll be prepared because you know about it from hashtag trending. That's true because I know just recently my wife came home and said, "Hey, I heard that." Uh... Jeff Bezos, the uh, the uh, the head of Amazon, is now the richest person in the world. And I said, I know that from hashtag trending. That's where I heard that as well. Hey, it works. Yeah, so, great. There we go. So that's that's where people should go if they want to learn more about what you're doing. It World Canada or hashtag trending would be a great um, podcast or flash briefing for them to subscribe to as well. Exactly. Yes. Perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Brian. Again, uh, thanks for taking the time and being our first Canadian guest here on the podcast. Uh, I hope there's uh, more opportunity for us to interact in the future. And uh, again, thank you very, very much for spending your time with us. Thank you for having me, Terry. It's been a lot of fun. Well, there you have it. Uh, Brian Jackson on the podcast. Um, Hopefully you had a lot of good takeaways from that. As you can tell, he has been in the technology space for quite some time, and he has some very fascinating insights. And uh, I I totally agree with him. I think voice is uh, the future of the way we are interacting with computers. So again, uh, big thanks to Brian Jackson. If you want to thank him, I will, of course, have all of the links to everything that we uh, talked about today in the podcast on the show notes page at alexaincanada.ca slash 10. And finally, if you have not had a chance to subscribe to the podcast, I encourage you to do so so that you don't miss any of the episodes in the future. Uh, I want to thank you, the listeners, for all the great reviews on iTunes. And if you haven't had a chance to leave a review and you are so inclined, I would truly appreciate it. Uh, it has come to my attention recently that this very podcast uh, reached number three uh, in iTunes of all the podcasts in the technology gadget category, and I have you, the listener, to thank for that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you are a wide this podcast, and uh, here's to the next 10 and uh, onwards and upwards from there. So until next week, have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. She's got, She's skills. got skills.